Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo, what's going on? It's episode 94. This is a really, really strong episode. Um, lots of stories, crazy stories, getting sidetracked. Articles, videos, another movie recommendation, just a bunch of shit. So you're gonna need, you know, you're gonna need paper or, you know, notepad app or whatever you want handy just to、um, really, you know, scribble down some of this shit. Probably gonna laugh at some of the, you know, follies. <laughs> I travel down memory lane and some of my awkward ass situations that I had living here.、Um, but it's all in good fun. So do it, get ready, and enjoy. Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 94. We are really creeping closer to 100. That's a beautiful thing. And thank you guys for listening.、Uh, it feels like I haven't talked to you guys in forever. Hold on, let me adjust my equipment. Equipment? <laughs> I get all happy every time I say that, like equipment.、Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I was just thinking about it. But, you know, I have the day off today. And so I was thinking, like, you know, about the episode and things like that.、And、I was like, wow, we're getting close to episode 100. I'm still trying to come up with, like, what I'm going to do for episode 100. I'm thinking I might just get drunk and talk all crazy. <laughs> but in my mind, like, that might not be a good idea. So it'll probably be a bit more structured version of me getting drunk and talking all crazy. But no guarantees. I still don't know yet.、Um, But yeah,、um, so this episode,、uh, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I, I compiled several different things over the course of the week for you guys. Some videos, some,、um, whatchamacallit, some articles as always. And of course, I'll expand on those things. Just nothing really major going on in、um, Japan except for the Rugby World Cup, which is continuing. I guess I'll start with there. I was watching today Japan's miracle、um, run. To the quarterfinals ended today, Japan time, where they lost to South Africa. And this, this is like the furthest Japan has ever progressed in the Rugby World Cup. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not really from, I didn't really know there was a Rugby World Cup until the previous one where Japan、um, got like, I forgot, like a victory over, I forgot who they beat, but、um, they progressed further than they ever progressed before this time around. So, Big ups to the Japanese national team and all the teams competing here in Japan. There was a bit of a dust up here.、Um, I'm not going to talk too much about it.、Um, not, it's not like an official topic, but since we're talking about the Rugby World Cup,、uh, apparently, not, you know, not singling anyone out, but apparently there was an issue with the Uruguay team here where、um, there was like a fight in some izakaya or something like that. Basically, it just, you know, they got all drunk, got all rowdy. Um, bunch of drunken foolishness and tackled one of the staff members. Sorry, adjusting stuff. Tackled one of the staff members.、Uh, I'm not sure. There was a picture of it. I'm not sure if it was、um, a serious, like, fuck you tackle or just like drunken rowdy, come on, kind of tackle, you know, because、uh, there's no video really of it. But,、um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of happened here. It wasn't really major news. Um, and so I don't really know the extent of it, but besides that, it's been a pretty 
smooth rugby world cup again initially the the news reports were you know of the litter and the people and the stuff but you know it, it, that is to be expected especially here in japan that there will be a, some um discomfort for the locals you know just dealing with the massive amount of foreign people coming into the country and of course that's going to continue so um that's about that oh another thing that's going on is halloween i think i told you before you know, Halloween is coming again. This will be what my, I believe, third year since starting the podcast. I don't, I gotta go back and see exactly when the, um, what's it called? I mean, it was like two years ago, but when, um, exactly the exact date I started this podcast so I can do some anniversary type shit, but I don't know exactly when it is, but I remember like this will be the third time talking about speaking on Halloween here in Japan. And this year, again, is going to be kind of scaled down. I will, I'll have some new information for you in the next, not next episode, but the episode is 94, 95. Episode 95 will probably have some post-Halloween wrap-up. I probably won't get too deep into Halloween. Um, well, next week it'll become a, a thing. but uh, So I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what, what, what pops up. But, but pretty much um, there, it seems like they're making Shibuya an alcohol-free zone. I don't know how the fuck they're going to do that, like how the fuck they're going to enforce that. We'll see. The, the interesting thing is, like, there's going to be more, like, typhoons. Let me let me go back to Twitter now. Cause I was checking on Twitter. It's kind of weird. Again, it's kind of weird, like, how the amount of fucking typhoons and shit that are um, coming, hitting Japan. Call it global warming. Call, call it what you want. I'm not sure, but it's kind of wild. Because, like, where is it? Where is it? Where is the typhoon thing? All the Rugby World Cup is, is on here, but... Pretty much like there was a um there's I was looking at the radar a few days ago. There's like two fucking typhoons like sandwiching each other, getting ready to bash into Japan. I was like, what the fuck, man? It was crazy. And you know, there's still areas um Ibaraki, like north northwest of of Tokyo, that still have not yet recovered or still like trying to clean up and shit like that. So uh, I'm don't really know what the fuck the weather is gonna be like over the next week or so but just look i mean you know just looking at the radars is like yo it was like really like two i don't know if they were tropical storms or just typhoons i didn't really read too much but looking at the radar it was just like two dots <laughs> circling around japan you know the circles are getting bigger and they're heading towards tokyo like that's all i know <laughs> and that's not cool so i don't know i can't i can't really find the article it's kind of gotten lost with all the um world cup stuff going on so so again but just probably in the next episode you'll probably hear me speaking on that a bit more but i was a bit surprised just to see uh that yeah it's 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 still happening they're still coming so uh, that that's about it for the uh, sorry i'm just trying to scroll through and see if i can ah there it is yeah typhoon 21 and and another one like it's just like supposed to come into the Tokyo area on like the 24th, today's the 20th, so later on in the week, it seems like these motherfuckers are just like, I don't even know how that works, like you got like literally two, it's no joke, like one of them is like southwest of Japan and the other one is really south of Japan 
And so it, I saw this radar of the one southwest of, J- of Japan like a few days ago. And I was like, oh, okay, it's curving towards like Korea, China. All right, we're cool. And now I look at this shit and it's like, it's just like bucking the hard right, you know, just like, oh yeah, I'm on my way to fucking Osaka. And then there's like another big one like right behind it that's supposed to smash into the motherfucker. So I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think I've ever really experienced anything like this where two simultaneous typhoons like it, like the radar thing looks like they're gonna like crash into each other so i don't know if they i don't think typhoons combine forces into like a mega typhoon i'm pretty sure is they just bump each other uh, uh yeah i've never heard of like typhoons i've heard like of a double tornado type thing or it might just be in cartoons <laughs> but i feel like there's a double tornado Maybe Naruto uh, characters doing special moves, but whatever. Anyway, um, we'll see what happens with with that again. Um, but but that's it. But anyway, let me. That's enough of the bullshit, and let me let me get you to some of the serious bullshit that I prepared for you guys, right? So we can um start making some progress because there is a lot of stuff to talk about, and um, I believe. Let me see. Today's the twentieth. I'll just start with topics because I, I I don't want to overlap topics. So, okay, okay. So here's what I'll start with. Um, most of these are from, again, Japan Today, Japan Times. I, I'm pretty much in the habit now of just checking the headlines of almost every day. And, um, and um, whatchamacallit, just, you know, scooping up any topics that I think are interesting. So the first one is... School lunches keep Japan's kids topping nutrition lists. School lunches keep Japan's kids topping nutrition lists, and that's from Japan Today. And I didn't read this article at all. I'm not going to front. But, you know, I can speak on the nutrition here in Japan for kids. It is, you know, kids, thinking back on my days as a public school kid in America, in Washington, D.C., in the, like, 80s and 90s, I remember what my fucking, what trash I used to eat for school lunches. And I used to be happy for it. Yay, hamburgers again. Bomb, chicken nuggets. Awesome. Pizza, cool. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, And, you know, I don't want to feed my son that garbage. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm happy he's not growing up in America just because of, I remember, like, as an adult now, thinking back on the shit I used to eat in day in and day out, it was pretty fucking a bit terrible. But um, school lunches here are fucking awesome, man. Like, they do all the balancing of the nutrition. And, you know, he my son's in daycare now, and the one he goes to, they send him pictures of the shit he's eating, and it's like pumpkin and fucking, you know, lentils. I don't know what the fuck is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, rice and, and then all this colorful shit and it's just like a little bit of meat and, you know, no junk food at all. It's like Japan's really, really um, good in, in that aspect. Again, I'm not, if you if you remember hearing a bit about my um, teaching, history of teaching, I've, the only probably teaching I have not done here in Japan is public school teaching. I've never really, I think only besides one time, I've never actually, now I think about it, never stepped foot in side of a Japanese public school, like elementary, junior high, high school, never. One time I was in like a high school, a private high school with some of my um, other uh, student friends, which is, okay, I'll talk, I'll tell the story. It was kind of weird. Maybe I might have told this before. If not, if I did, my bad, you'll hear it again. But, um, so 
<laughs> so the time I went to like a um a high school was like, you know, this had to be I want to say maybe like you know seven eight years ago, a little under ten years ago. Anyway, um, I was you know full time private teacher at that point in time. I had a few contract jobs. Majority of my time I was running all around Tokyo just teaching private lessons for like about about five years I was doing that. And one of my students, um, pretty much how, how the flow of this student became, this group of students became my private student. I'll, I'll just put you on to, to, put to how it works. So I had this contract job that I kind of inherited from someone who was leaving Japan. And well, that was actually the first private teaching job I got. So he was leaving my first boss. It was like a Wednesday morning, once a week, really easy, two-hour gig, some cash in hand, kind of cool thing. At first, I was like, nah, fuck that, I don't want to do it. But then I was like, fuck, make the money. And so um, he passed it on to me, and I taught that job for like, fuck, how many years? Maybe like almost 10 years I was doing that, right? And eventually, I got to the point where I was doing it. So it was they had three classes and I believe I was doing all three. I was at one point when I was a freelance, I was doing like all three, like morning, afternoon, and evening. And um, so basically, I was teaching a class of twenty people. Um, yeah, two hours at a time, like a five or ten minute break. I forgot. Um, you know, so Wednesday was like my day. It was you know good pay. Um, but anyway, getting sidetracked, completely sidetracked. So what happened was, you know, after over time, I built up a reputation with the people in there. And a few of them kind of approached me like, hey, we'd like to take some private lessons with you. And I just organized like, a, like all right, let's do a group thing. You know, for me, money-wise, it's just better to teach group lessons uh, versus individual. If you if you teach English in Japan or as a side gig or whatever, always go for the group because um, large some teach again i try and play the game fair like i know some teachers uh try to part charge per person i don't really like doing that it's good for you you know because like if you if you charge what if you think whatever you want to charge you got 10 15 20 people in there you know for example you charge you know 10 bucks a head or whatever for a two hour lesson they organize it it can be pretty good for you but I found like that can leave a bad taste in the mouth of the students after a while because, you know, and also, for example, think about it like this, like it can go both ways, right? Where um, if, let's say, and I, I this was, I, I think, believe one private lesson that I was, was passed on to me it happened like this. The lesson started out with like, it had two teachers, I believe, like 30 students or some shit like that. It was another group that organized it, and it was kind of like I was introduced to that group, and they asked me to kind of take over. And I kind of, you know, it kind of just developed, and I was like became, took over that group of students and became their quote-unquote teacher guy, you know, and whatever. But anyway, that group, it started because at first the person needed help because it was just so many people. You know, you had to have two teachers and they split it up into two rooms and they switch rooms after an hour and stuff like that. It was, it was you know, really flowing. I believe they charged per person. Again, this was like a while ago too. I forgot the, the, the ins and outs of this shit. But so, you know, they were charging per person and, you know, it was like a really good chunk of money for a teacher. But, um... 
the numbers started dwindling down, dwindling down, dwindling down. And then eventually, I think when I stopped teaching that lesson, it was like four people or something like that. But at that time, you couldn't really charge per person anymore, you know. I think sometime before that it changed to just like a standard rate, or it was always a standard rate. So I forgot, I forgot the details of it again. But but if you so if you, my point is, if you make your policy, if you come to Japan as a teacher and you make your policy charging per person, what could happen was you can make a really good money, you know, um, on the upside of it. But then again, the students might feel a little, they're doing the calculations too. And like, yo, you're making how much money off of this one lesson? Like, that's not cool. You know, they might think about it that way. And it might leave a bad, a bad taste in their mouth. You know, it, it can't happen like that. Even though you're teaching, well, from a Western standpoint, where you're only paying this much for yourself, but they're looking at the total amount of money that you're making as a teacher. You know, and so they're like, they might be like, eh, don't really like that. And then it could, it could, you know, or if things change, people drop off, things like that. Um, suddenly, you know, there's some fluctuation in the numbers. If you, it might get to a number where you might not be satisfied with the amount of money that you're taking, but the students, let's say you've been doing it for like four years. Let's say you've been in Japan for a while, you know. Um, let's even say one, two years. Let's say one, a year and a half. Let's just keep it simple, right? You've been in Japan for you've been teaching this group of students for a year and a half, making really good money. Then something happens with the group. A lot of you know things really fluctuate with private teaching. Um, that's one thing you have to get used to. Um, and you know the situations change, and like half the students, three fourths of the students drop off. But you have like a core of really dedicated students who really like your lesson and really want to learn. But if you're charging by the head, it's not really worth it for you. You're kind of losing money, wasting time teaching this, you know, smaller group. And then you might have to try and renegotiate, which they might not like, because then they go from paying like an acceptable amount to getting a good quality lesson to feeling like you're kind of squeezing them for cash, you know. Um, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Or you might just be like, well, fuck it, it's not worth it, and quit them. And that might cut off future opportunities for you down the road with them, with other people, with other lessons, maybe even a job that might come up. You never know. Like, all these situations I've seen happen, I've experienced them myself. So um, that's why I try and play the game fair, as fairly as possible. You know, I charge a fee that I feel acceptable for lesson time, not only lesson time, my prep time, my travel time, and my travel time back taking into account that total like if you take it like a two hour block of time for the lesson plus uh, you know let's say half an hour 45 minutes or half an hour to an hour either way for example so between three and four hours is what i will block off in my mind like as what i'm dedicating to this private lesson and that's how i kind of bill uh students but you know based on that so um that's you know how i and, and that's kind of how I've had students be like, well, why is it this cost? And then I kind of explain it to them like, well, you have to think about it like this. And then people can kind of accept it. But if you're just charging by the head and it's a big group of people, they might it might be harder for you to justify, especially if questions come up, why you're getting X amount of money, you know, and they might feel like you're kind of ripping them off a little bit. So that's just a little bit, you know, teaching tips, one-on-one, putting you on putting a little game just in case you're thinking about coming here, living here, or you get approached um, for private lessons. Again, I'm not going to throw out numbers here just because, like, I don't know, you know, I don't feel, I don't think that's cool doing that. But 
do the math yourself, especially once you get here and find a number that's acceptable for you, right? For you and for the students, I think is the best way to go. Why the fuck was I talking about this? Like, I got completely lost and sidetracked. Like, what the fuck is... <laughs> okay, school lunches. Why the fuck was I talking about this? How, how did I... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember now. School lunches, private school experience. Okay, I'm back on it now. I got it. So, anyway. <laughs> hey, it goes where it goes, right? But, anyway... um, so one one of my private students, right, at the time, uh, how, you know, because I'm going back to the topic, how I went to, um, got to visit a private school. Now they have, which is coming around, Sports Day, which, which is actually, I think, this past weekend. Um, first week, yeah, first or second week in, like, sometime in October. I don't know when the fuck it is. But it's like Taiku no Hi, which is like Sports Day. Uh, is I believe the anniversary of the 1964 um, the opening ceremony opening ceremony of the 1964 Tokyo Olympics they made a holiday in October ironically which is kind of interesting because the Summer Olympics in 1964 were held in October and this time around 2020 they're going to be held in August I'm just saying, you know, just saying. <laughs> You're going to hear me say it a lot. Just saying. Just let you know. Keep it fresh in your mind. Don't worry. This is foreshadowing which of another topic which is going to come up in a little bit later in this episode. But um, so, for, you know, they had a sports festival. Or no, they had a culture festival. It was a culture festival, not a sports festival. Culture festival is just when they, like, show off some of the shit that they've been doing and working on in school and all the clubs put on different shit, like the band people doing band performances, the, the karate people doing the karate performances, the dance people dancing, and classrooms have different classroom activities and shit like that. And I heard about it, but I was like, I'd never been to one. And, like, my student, I told her that, like, yeah, it's kind of interesting because it's really different from America. I'd really like to see what it's all about. And she was like, hey, my daughter's school is having one. My husband and I are going. He wants to study English, too. Like, you want to go? You know, we can just talk or whatever. And I had some time off. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's do it. <sighs> you can kind of imagine what what is going to, what's happening. So... At the time, you know, I was I was working out a lot too, so I was bigger, a lot more muscular. Now I got kind of like a dad bod going on. I was looking at my body in the shower the other day, like, oh my lord, <laughs> like I got a dad bod going on. I haven't exercised in like two, three years, you know, three years at least. So, um, you know, when of course I'll get back to it when when business and everything pick up. I'll. I'll focus more on my physical health but but for now it's just not the time so i just gotta deal with this you know the disappearance of my six-pack is gone not forever but it's gone you know whatever anyway anyway at the time you know i was a bit bigger i was doing martial arts and i was lifting weights and shit like that um you know i mean i i, I was still trying to find myself here in japan i would say you know i, I had a so being around Japanese people in some respects was still a bit awkward for me. You know, I was studying Japanese. I really wasn't too confident in my speaking ability. You know, I was in my probably like late 20s, I believe, at the time. Um, yeah, I was in my late 20s. So it was just like a weird period of transition for me, you know, culturally, life-wise, whatever. And I was like, cool, I'll go. Let me see, you know, explore more to go deeper into Japan, if you will. 
And so we go, we get there, and <laughs> it's maybe it's just my personality. I don't say this to discourage you from doing this type of thing. I would say do it. If you have a chance to go to these type of events, go experience it. But for me, as soon as I walked into the entrance, I was like, oh, shit, this is weird. Like... <laughs> As soon as I, this is a nice campus, great school, whatever. But as soon you know, we were on the train just talking, having fun. But then I realized, oh fuck, I'm black. Like <laughs> you know, everyone's Japanese. Shit, <laughs> they don't know why I'm here. You know, and yeah, and, and like it kind of hit me. I mean, I, <laughs> like all at once. As soon as like we got into the signing area or something like that, and they just come waltzing right in. And I could see like the person who was like si- like not signing people in. I forgot like what again. This is a long time ago, but I remember it was like you know a person at like the entrance, kind of like ushering people in, and the parents just come strolling in, and I'm like right behind them, and she just kind of like looks at me like like not like her not alarms go off, but again, remember Japanese people generally speaking, don't do well with outliers, right? Don't do well with outliers in, in, in the natural formula. So, you know, Japanese people, parents, Japanese people, parents, big black guy, whoa. Like, <laughs> you know, it was kind of like one of those things. And it was like a teenage girl, and so she's like, uh, 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 and she can't speak English. So the parents kind of double back. It was like, oh, he's, he's with us. And then she's like, oh, okay. And it was fine. But then, like, at that moment, I was like, oh, fuck. This is going to be socially awkward as fuck. I just, like, I, you know, I didn't even, it didn't even register in my mind, like, you know, um, until I got in there. And I just realized, like, oh, yeah, everywhere I go in this school, everyone's going to be fucking staring at me. You know, and, of course, her parents have no clue, you know, and they're just like, la, 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 look, this is the campus, and they're just wandering around, and I'm just like, I don't leave me, <laughs> you know, I just remember that feeling, like, whenever they go around the corner, I was like, hey, 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 no, no, slow down, slow down, slow down, bro, bro, like, you, you, you know, like, hold on, hold on, like, you know, um, and you know, especially other parents too. Like, I, you can you can just feel the eyes, and you know, as soon as I enter the room, I gotta smile, and you know, I gotta like, you know, make sure I talk to them as soon as I leave in the room. So wait, wait, asking some dumbass question like, oh, so what's going on here now? And then smile and nod like, oh, okay, just so that to you know, make everyone else like feel a bit more comfortable because you know, I mean, I get it. You know, of course it should, of course it shouldn't be like that. Um, that double if you're um, up on African American uh, studies, then you know double consciousness is a big thing. Um, and if you are if you have no idea what I'm talking about, Google the concept of double consciousness. If you if you're not a minority in your home country, because there is this is something you will be aware of very much. So um, again, uh, I don't know about other countries. I'll just speak on being uh, African American. You know the concept of of double consciousness, having two minds, if you will. Uh, your how you see yourself and how other people see you um, is, I believe, is W. E. B. Du Bois. I, I want to say again, I studied it in college. It's been a while, but I want to say W. E. B. Du Bois was the one who uh, first uh, crystallized that concept. But but it's a very real thing, and I had been, you know, like since 
that situation was, I think, the first time in a long time I really felt such a glaring spotlight on myself. You know, like just walking down the hall and like, you know, high school girls like, you know, sensei, is he a teacher? Like, what's going on? And they're like, everyone's talking to themselves, like, who's this guy? Like, what's going on? And you know, go in and, and see her kids, her daughter. I think I'd met her before because we had like a house party or something. She's like, hi, this is my class. And everyone's like, is that your mom's boyfriend? I'm like, oh, she's like, no, it's her teacher. You know, it, it was just crazy. And like, I remember going into like the band area, watching this shitty high school band perform in like a fucking, I don't know what it was, like a gym storage room or something like that. And I'm there with the dad and it's like dark and this band is playing Nirvana or something, a shitty version of Nirvana or something like that. And, and he's like, or some, I forgot what they were playing. They were playing some rock and roll song and the dad's just trying to like rock out, you know, and I'm just like, oh my God, I just got to sit there and nod. I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was there like, it wasn't short either. It was maybe I was there like two, three hours, I want to say. It was like the longest two or three hours of my life, man. Like, <laughs> I definitely remember that. If you're here as an ALT, you'll probably have to participate in these type of, um, some form. Again, I was never an ALT, but I believe ALTs are required to participate in these type of events in some form or another. As an ALT, it's a completely different story because you're associated with the school. But the main thing here in Japan is, even though it was an open campus type situation, I was completely not associated with the school. And, you know, um, I was a gaijin in two different ways. Again, gaijin means foreigner or outsider, um, which reminds me, sidebar, which reminds me, um, speak before I forget. The other day, uh, one of my coworkers, like a while ago, mentioned uh, mentioned this movie to me called The Outsider. Again, which from Gaijin, it means outsider, and um, it's, it was this funny fucking Netflix Yakuza movie. Uh, take us take a look at it if you want to. My mother in law and I were watching it. It you know it was based in I believe the forties or fifties, just after after World War Two with Japan, and basically it's just this. Um, White dude who's in jail in Japan, befriends a Yakuza guy, becomes Yakuza, and everything that goes with it. It's a, it's some parts of the movie I think are very true to Japan, but some parts are just completely Hollywood. And I was talking to my mother in law about it because she caught like the end of the movie, and I was just like, "Yo, this shit." Some like the main character in this shit, like for me living in Japan, like it was so frustrating to watch this dude, like. <laughs> Cause like living here, I can imagine like yo, it, I'm not trying to join the yakuza, but if I do, I understand who I'm dealing with, and the majority of the decisions this character, this main character made, I just completely am against. And these also the yakuza in this movie are like the dumbest yakuza I've ever met as, as well. Like like the main boss, like you know. I won't give any spoilers, but a decision he makes, like, in the end of the movie, I was like, yo, are you serious right now? Like, you just going to go out there and you not, you know what I'm saying? Like, again, I'm not going to talk about it in detail, but but um, it was just like, what the fuck, man? 
Um, it's a pretty cookie cutter movie. I mean, I could see the twist coming a mile away. If you've seen any movie, you'll see the twist coming a mile away. But again, The Outsider, just give it a look. If you if you have Netflix and you just want to get a feel for the Yakuza world, if you will. I mean, it seems like it was filmed in Japan. There are some Japanese actors that I have seen before in it. So I say the aesthetics of the movie felt, you know, pretty, pretty on. But just the story was very Hollywood. You know, that's what I was telling my mother-in-law. But anyway, back to the word. So like I was saying, at the school, I was like a gaijin um, in a few different ways. One, you know, gaikokujin, meaning like a foreign person in one aspect, but another aspect I was a gaijin, meaning an outsider. And outsiders in Japan are not really welcome, like even Japanese outsiders. Like if you have no relationship or connection with the situation, you're looked at not with disdain, not with fear, but just like, whoa, like, like a fucking, you know, like, like a three-headed cat. It's like, whoa, what the fuck is that? Like, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Like that's how people are going to approach it. Like, yo, don't, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't get close to it. Like, you know, like I've seen like not only foreign people, Japanese people as well deal with people like that in the same aspect. So, um, you, so I was, I was, had the fucking double whammy against me in that situation. And I could, I was feeling it, you know, maybe part of it was in my mind, you know, part of it was, my, you know, if you don't give a fuck, like that's cool. But I'm the type of person, again, it's been to my advantage in a lot of situations. I am a bit uh, sensitive about those type of things. And so, uh, and that's part of what living in Japan is about. But um, I would imagine because, because Japan, Japan is so Japanese, a lot of Japanese people aren't really aware of the impact that, you know, different dynamics have on foreign people. I won't get into details about it, but I was having this conversation um, with my mother-in-law about something as well. And I was trying to explain to her, like, a decision I made, like, for our family. Um, I won't get, again, I won't get into details about it, but it's nothing super major or super heavy, but... I was like, yeah, because thinking about in the future, if this happens and this happens and this happens, then I kind of, this is better than that, you know? And she was just like, well, Japan's changing and people don't really think about it. I was just like, okay. <laughs> I, just, I just had to stop the conversation. I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Because, you know, in my mind, it was like, it's going to turn into something that I just don't want it to be you know um the conversation would get a little bit confrontational and you know uh, we would kind of butt heads and it just wasn't even worth it so i was just like uh, maybe yeah <laughs> just let it go but, but you know pretty much like that's kind of the, the the context of the conversation was just in the context of race relations and acceptance and stuff like that for my son particularly um, some, you know, and, and she just kind of, I could tell she just wasn't seeing my logic at all, you know? And of course my dad did, I was talking, I was talking over my dad. He's like, yeah, yeah, totally. That's a really good move. Really good decision. And my mother-in-law, she wasn't like saying it was stupid, but she was just like, well, yeah, not really. <laughs> you know, you don't have to. I was just like, oh my gosh. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but but again that's kind of that's one of the things like that you have to deal with living in Japan long term you can't really expect or push your 
you know what I'm saying? Like, like I mean, I, I'm not faulting my mother-in-law for not really getting where I was coming from. And if I was in my 20s or a college student, I might stop the car. We were in the car at the time. I might stop the car and be like, look, it's like this. Like, you know, you don't get it, you know, but, 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 you know, I'm in a different place in life. And, 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 um, I, one thing, yeah, I, I, one thing I realized, I think after turning 30, if you are in your 20s or if you're younger than me, again, I'm 37 now. Uh, if you are younger than me, one thing you get to a place, ho- ideally, hopefully, you'll get to a place in your life where you'll realize you don't have to be right all the time. You know, that like I think that's a big, if you get to the point in life where you understand that, you know, you don't have to be right all the time in a conversation, you have matured to another level in life. And sometimes it's just not worth it, you know, and, and that was one of the situations where it's like, okay, you got it, <laughs> you know, you got this one, I'll just, you know, bow out gracefully, so, and we just were, like, start talking about something else, so, but again, in, in the, I, I'm, I'm very much naturally a more accommodating kind of person, so, we were on this topic for a long time, this is going to be a long episode, we might be able to get to an hour, um, we'll see what happens, right, so let me, let me move forward, okay, again, school lunches, they're nutritious. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Okay. All right. So next up, we've got um, another thing from Japan today. Just, again, some cool shit that you might be into just to kind of put you onto it. Uh, check it out. It's a Japan Today article. It might be something you might want to find is Studio Ghibli scarves, gloves, and bags will keep you warm this winter. And there's a picture. I just, I, you know, I didn't look into it. I just, I think I might scroll through it. So I've seen some of the shit that they had. And it looked pretty cool. Um, no, sorry. There's a picture of my son popped up from a year ago. Oh, look at this guy. Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Got a little sidetracked. Like on my timeline, like a picture from a year ago of my son. I'm like, oh, he's, he's getting so, oh, oh, damn. Love the kids, man. All right. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> anyway, because all right, I'll tell you how I do things. Because pretty much all I do is um, I'll scroll through articles or whatever, and if something interesting I think I can expand on comes up, I'll just take a picture of it. So, um, of course, from a year ago, other timeline pictures came up, and so it's just like, oh, there's my there's my boy. There's my boy. Uh, I know. Okay, I gotta stop looking at these pictures. I'm going, what the fuck? Okay, and that like happy compilation shit from the phone. Sorry, sorry, you guys. Sorry, I got completely derailed. But you know, I'm a sucker for family. All right. Anyway, so the Studio Ghibli scarves, gloves, and bags will keep you warm this winter. And it's just you know some Studio Ghibli type shit. The scarf looks pretty cool. It's like a um, nickel bus scarf. So if you're really into that shit or your kids are really into Studio Ghibli shit, check it out. I'm sure you'll be able to find it online or find some bootleg knockoff shit online as well. But it looks cool. Like, um, I wouldn't rock it, but I think it looks cool. (laughs) So if you think it looks cool and you want to rock it, go for it, right? Okay. This next one is kind of interesting. It kind of piggybacks on the dating theme that I've been on in the past few days. And it just came up with my YouTube timeline. Timeline. I don't know who this dude is, but it, Jim Jeffries, I guess he is. The Jim Jeffries Show, right? So what happened was this dude, Jim Jeffries, came um, to Japan. 
And he, you know, did the typical Japan is wacky kind of thing. It is one of those kind of like, whoa, look how wacky Japanese people are. And the title is Japanese Millennials Aren't Having Sex, The Jim Jeffries Show. Again, Japanese Millennials Aren't Having Sex. I watched this actually and this is, this is again one of those kind of pieces of media which uh, unwittingly stereotypes Japan, I believe, you know, and pigeonholes Japan because it just takes all of the all of the shit that is not so normal and but you know of course it's for entertainment i'm not hating on it i get it but you know it, it it's a bit cringeworthy a little bit for me living here because i know it does give people a little bit of skew, skewered view of life here in japan and basically what it is which is true um you know japanese people aren't having sex as much there's a lot of sexless couples going on made um marriage marriages you know and, and things like that and just meeting someone in japan is just generally a lot harder than it is in the west i've so i've spoken on this before but like the way that they set this up for me was a bit a little cringeworthy again it's good entertainment for you probably not living here if you haven't lived here um or just got here you might be like yeah japanese people are crazy but the way they set it up what they did was they had four people in a maid cafe, first off, like, you know, interviewing one of them's a maid and she's talking all crazy, right? The another one's a dude um, who is, we call two dudes who are so shokuke, which um, herbivorous, there's like niku shokuke, which is carnivorous and sh- herbivorous, um, so shokuke, which means like, you know, uh, grass eaters, pretty much. You know, like dinosaurs. So if you think about it, like, um, I'm definitely Niku Shokuke. I'm, you know, um, which is, you know, just like a manly dude. Like a regular dude who's gonna, you know, likes women. Like, you know, goes after what they want. Assertive kind of guy. Um, and so Shokuke is kind of like soft and tender and and understanding and kind of emo. I don't even know if that's, I don't know what the more modern word of emo is right now, but sorry, I've been away from Western culture too long, but so the the closest I got is emo, you know? So imagine an emo dude or like a nerdy dude or something like that who's kind of scared, very passive of women is more social kuke. So there's been a real rise in social kuke Japanese dudes. And I would definitely categorize these two dudes as social kuke. Oh, one social kuke dude and one otaku dude which is basically a nerdy guy and then they smack in the middle of that they just have this normal looking girl who can't get a date um and just me as soon as i saw these people i was like why did they do that they because you know it's entertainment i understand but just the dynamics of the conversation are going to be fucking crazy right and it's not going to be a, a accurate description of life here in japan you know it seems like Again, what what feeding into what Western people think, like oh, Japanese women, and the one who talks the most, the one who who talks the most is the maid cafe girl who's talking all crazy about love and star power and shit like that, and like, and then you know you got these two dudes who are just like, <laughs> and then the girl, the regular girl who's actually kind of cute. Let me let me zoom in on her. Let me zoom in on her. Let me see. Yeah, she's kind of cute. You know, she can speak English, and, and she seems, you know, she's like, I just haven't been on a date. I don't know what's going on. And, you know, she she kind of, I think she can kind of understand what the setup is, so she's just kind of, like, letting it go, you know, not trying to jump in. Well, they probably just edited her out because she's not really 
wacky like that, you know. Um, and she doesn't really, you don't hear her. Because I, I was watching, I was waiting to see, hear her talk and hear what she'd say. You don't really hear her talk that much. You hear, like, the other, you know, kind of characters talk a bit. And, and But but to give you, an, you know, just for entertainment purchases, purposes, I'd say watch it. It's worth a watch. It was entertaining for me, but it definitely isn't an accurate description of what's going on on the ground here. What they're, The subject, what they're talking about, is true, but um, I think it's not really... You know, of course, Western a Western comedy news show is not gonna give you like a real heartfelt picture of what's going on in Japan, right? At all. So just take that with a grain of salt. And um, I'd say this piece of media is a good representation of what of how Japan gets kind of like overgeneralized and stereotyped quite a bit. I talk about it. I was talking about it with a student today. You know, Japan is the way I see the way I see and the way I viewed it, and the way I see Japan um, talked about by a lot of Western culture is Kyoto or Akihabara, right? Kyoto or Harajuku. You know what I'm saying? You got like the super modern, super futuristic, super idled out, whatever you want to say, part of Tokyo, or you have super traditional samurai temples, shrines, kimonos. And that's all that really gets highlighted. Um, you know, um, but there's a lot, there's a huge middle that gets really neglected. And the this video is kind of a microcosm of that because there's a lot of like Harajuku, you know, Akihabara type shit. And the girl who really doesn't speak that much is the middle and that's the majority of what really goes on here so just take it take again take that with a grain of salt watch it it's, it's an entertaining piece it, you know it's kind of funny i was amused watching it but it was also like uh, a little bit all right let's keep it rolling right um uh i did da, 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 da. uh wait, wait, wait hold on hold on hold on because there's something else that ties into this uh one second let me see if i can find it there's something else that I wanted to say that ties in. Um, okay. Okay. Y'all are getting a good show tonight. Oh, shit. It's 1230. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, y'all getting a long episode tonight, man. All right. Well, it's been a while since we had a long one, so cool. Next one is, uh, I actually read this article just because I wanted to know what the fuck was going on. It's another Japan Today article. Uh, Japanese women categorize male friends by levels of intimacy from hugging to bathing. I won't go through all these categories. Um, I will say Japanese media loves to categorize shit like so much. Like, you know, all these lists and like, even like, you know, Niku Shokuke and Soul Shokuke. I, you know, I think I, I don't know if that was like a real thing or just like, a little bit in the media jumped on it or whatever. A few people say it, it pops up online and the news is like, it's a new trend. Everyone's doing it. So I believe this is like one of those type of things where they just do it like that. And um, they go through all these fucking categories and subcategories of different people that they surveyed. I've never heard of the majority of these, so I'm just going to skip over them. Like, uh, I'll just read through the ones I'm skipping over. If you want to read the article, again, it's Japanese women categorize male friends by levels of intimacy from hugging to bathing. I wouldn't take this as, like, a, a real thing, you know. Um, you know, so hafure, kisfure, sofure, kamofure, 
Sanfule. Never heard of any of those. Uh, Ofule. Never heard of any of those. But Sefule, which is a sex friend, is kind of like a abbreviation of 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 the Japanese like fule sex se friend fule sefule. Um, fuck buddy, basically, right? Um, or like side piece or side chick, side dude, whatever you want to say, you know. Um, but. But yeah, so there is that going on here. Speaking of that, you know, just just check it out, check it out. And um, ah, I I remember what I wanted to say. Um, uh, sorry, let me see. A sanfle, a sandbag friend. It was kind of interesting for me to because I've seen this going on in Japan quite a bit. Um, in TV shows and movies So just read through some of these I'd say um, Just to get be aware of Like the first few Some of them are a bit too obscure Like a hug friend and a kiss friend That's a little bit too obscure I don't think that's a really big thing But um, just understanding I'd say some of the categories That um, people do Women do categorize men as Like I think is is kind of important. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, anyway, anyway. I'm not gonna spend too much time on that. It, it, it's it's not. You check it out if you want to go down the rabbit hole of that. Like you know, hey, do your thing. But um, that's that. So I got one more topic, and I'm gonna get out of here. Is a funny one, which again, I told you I'm shitting on the Olympics. You know, just pooping, <laughs> dropping my pants on that shit, like on the rings, like putting a little poop in each hole, but in each ring. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I amuse myself sometimes. All right, so. So what happened was this week in Japan, um, out of nowhere, the IOC came out. I think like Wednesday or Thursday or something was like, "Fuck it, this shit's crazy." Like we're moving the marathons to Hokkaido, um, and so the the article I got is International Olympic Committee announces plans to move Olympic marathon and race walking to Sapporo. Now Sapporo is like. If you're familiar with like American, I'll just use American geography. It's like the you can fucking Google the shit. Hokkaido, H O K K I D O, or Sapporo, like the beer, S A P P O R O. Pretty much like the northernmost part of Japan, and um, it's like duh. I mean, well, it gets hot there anyway, but you know, it's the it's cool. In ideal conditions, it'll be cooler and um, drier than Tokyo. And it's just like, duh. Like, why did it take you guys this long to figure this shit out? And But they were just like, we're just making the decision now. We don't, you know, we didn't want any confusion. So we're just announcing it. And it's like, yo, I could have told you that shit. You know, but the funny thing is like, I think the mayor of Hokkaido didn't, Sapporo didn't know. The Tokyo governor came out and was like, well, fuck it. We might as well just not have the Olympics here in Tokyo. God damn. Like, you know, and she's all upset about it. And it's like, yo. 
You really just want motherfuckers to be dropping dead in the streets. You that's what you really want. Because that's probably already gonna be happening anyway, but you just really want like this shit to go crazy. I mean already I don't know if I talked about it in the previous episode, but I had an article related to it. I'm not sure if I brought it up in the previous episode. But this Rugby World Cup was the first Rugby World Cup where matches were canceled because of weather. You know, I think I did bring it up in the previous episode. Like, this is the first time it happened. Like, Japan weather is fucking crazy, man. And so, like, the concept of having the Olympics in summer is fucking crazy, man. And having a marathon run in Japan in August is double fucking crazy man so i don't understand why she was upset about it at all like that was like the most sensible decision for me it's like yo why ain't y'all announced this shit like about 18 months ago they probably already had it in the works but they just wanted to wait until the last minute just to drop some shit on people i don't know i don't know i don't get it but it was crazy um and i'm sure like it's gonna be more mad scrambled than dashes you know as the olympics approach though you'll again after 2020 rolls around you'll hear like a lot of shit about Japan's weather. You're getting typhoons. You got heat. You got crazy shit. It's just going to be wild. Like, trust me, you hear, you're hearing it from me a million times. I'm beating you over the head with it because every Olympics is always, you know, the quote-unquote scandal, quote-unquote, like, you know, um, shit to worry about. And this Olympics is going to be heat and it's going to be hotels. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Watch it. So, I don't know. That's all. All right, all right, y'all. So let let me let me end it end end things here. Uh, I'm gonna try and upload this shit tonight, and then probably just call it a night. Yeah, cause I got I think I got some extra time in the morning, and I want to decompress and chill for a little bit before going to sleep. So, so all right, y'all. Thanks for watching. Um, this has been a fun one. A lot of stuff going on. Some stories, some trips down memory lane. Lots of you know stuff, media for you to consume, written and video. So go for it. And I'll holler at you next time. Peace.